We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. Ah, it's the second week of February. Do you know what that means, Paul? President's Day mattress sales? No, Valentine's Day. Oh. Are you planning to get me any roses or chocolates? Well, wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) I know of one other big event on the calendar. A dear friend of ours in New Jersey is marrying his beloved this weekend. Philip, Tabitha and I are upholding you and your fiancé, Kalisa, in our thoughts and prayers. And we're wishing you a lot of joy as you begin your life together. What better way to celebrate a wedding than near the most romantic holiday of the year? Whether you're single, in a relationship, or married, what better time than Valentine's Day to think about God's immeasurable love for us and how we might better show his love toward others? Did you know love is the number one quality believers should possess? When Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he responded, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The Apostle Paul spoke about love too in 1 Corinthians 13. He wrote, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, So as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. In other words, our experiences and abilities are useless without love. We might be known by others for having an incredible life story or spectacular singing voice. We might be recognized for being a faithful, active member in church, or for being theologically sound. While all of these are good things, the Bible makes it clear, love is of the utmost importance. We could easily spend a great deal of time looking at numerous verses on the topic of love, but today I especially want to focus on Colossians 3.14. In the previous verses of Colossians 3, Paul encourages believers to put on godly characteristics. In reading this, we can imagine articles of clothing, dressing ourselves with kindness, and patience, and forgiveness, etc. When we reach verse 14, Paul says, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love is like the hat that pulls the whole ensemble together. As Christians, we ought to be best known for being loving. Unfortunately, it seems in practice, love is often absent. I think you're right. I recently read an article that included an illustration taken from Philip Yancey's book, What's So Amazing About Grace. In his book, he wrote about attending a meeting along with a group of media with President Clinton. During the meeting, the president commented, I've been in politics long enough to expect criticism and hostility, but I was unprepared for the hatred I get from Christians. Why do Christians hate so much. 
Yikes. Yeah. That certainly raises the question, why are so many Christians not known for their love? If Christians are best known for the issues they are against, or for being judgmental or unaccepting, we're sending the wrong message. In the book of 1 John, chapter 4, 20-21, says, If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For if anyone does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. That's a strong passage. If we aren't loving, we're hating. Going back to the term, put on love, we understand it's something that we're to develop and do. And that begins with understanding God's love. A friend of ours had a Bible study prison ministry for many years. On more than one occasion, we heard our friend express her love for the prisoners. Now, some may scratch their heads and wonder, how could she love criminals? But when our friend spoke of loving them, she was referring to the type of love God gives to us. Paul and I would tell you, we love God because we know him to be the most perfect, most glorious, most gracious, tender, loving, compassionate being in the universe. Why does he love us? It most definitely is not because we're worthy of his love. God chose his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The Lord commands us to love others. Emotions and feelings can't be commanded. Hmm. Love is a commitment. Just as God's love for us is extensive, impartial, and self-denying, so also should we exercise that love towards others. Putting on love includes meeting and accepting people right where they're at. I think of Jesus. He chose disciples who came from a wide variety of backgrounds. For example, he had Matthew, who worked for Rome as a tax collector, and Simon the Zealot, who was strongly opposed to anything that had to do with Rome. Then, throughout his years of ministry, Jesus continued to serve and love people from all different walks of life, from people with disabilities to individuals lost in deep sin, like the Samaritan woman. Yes, the account of the Samaritan woman is found in John 4. As the chapter begins, we find Jesus is resting beside a well at the edge of town. A woman from Samaria approaches the well, and much to her surprise, Jesus asks her for water. Some may not know that the Samaritans and the Jews have cultural and religious differences and really don't get along even to this day. Both Jews and Samaritans were and are very hostile toward each other, and yet Jesus didn't follow the prejudice of the day. He was loving even to those the cultural marginalized. Jesus knew her real need. He offered her a permanent gift by telling her that the water he has for her will forever quench her thirst. For her to have that gift, she needed to understand what he was offering and believe him for it. At the end of that conversation, she realizes he is more than an ordinary man. He is the Christ. So perhaps what stands out most to me is that Jesus didn't meet that woman where she should have been, he offered her salvation without any prerequisites. Jesus cares for souls, 
redemption was his first priority, not reformation. God has a purpose for every relationship in our lives, and our desire should be to represent Christ well by loving them right where they are, no matter what. There's no exceptions. Putting on love includes rolling up our sleeves to meet needs. We often think of our fellow churchgoers as casual acquaintances, right? With all that God has to say about loving others, doing good for them, and bearing each other's burdens, we should be more than just acquaintances with them. We should be dedicated to meeting their needs. Within our churches and communities, we don't have to look far to find the hurting. Orphans, widows, the poor, the disabled. When we see them, are we like the one in the book of James who simply said, go in peace? Be warm, be filled. Or are we instruments of God's grace and love? Remember, if we are not meeting needs, we are falling short of love. Those of you who have been following our podcast for a while know that we have a special place in our hearts for the hurting and the broken, and particularly for those living with chronic illnesses and disabilities. Through many of our previous interviews, You may have picked up on tips for making your home, your church, and ministries accessible, and you've probably noticed a reoccurring theme for the testimonies being shared. More than accessibility, love made a difference in the lives of those with disabilities. Many people with disabilities express loneliness. I'm grateful to say this is not the story God gave me. From the moment we joined our church in Gilbert, Arizona, they've been over backwards to make us feel part of the family. But beyond that, even some of my earliest childhood memories include receiving encouragement from family and friends who were always reminding me that nothing is too hard for God. Many of them would move heaven and earth to make sure my needs were met and that I could be included in activities. I could give you dozens of examples, but here's just one. I I grew up with a family that loved music. My parents had all four of us learning to sing and play instruments from the time we were young. When I went to college, I decided to continue to pursue music as a minor and even took a part-time job as an accompanist to help pay my way through school. On returning home for a Christmas break, my former high school choir director extended a kind invitation to play the piano accompaniment for my high school's Christmas concert. I felt so honored and went straight to work learning the songs. There was one song in the bunch that was incredibly challenging. It was designed to be fast and very loud, double forte. I don't have good upper body strength, so try as I might, my double forte was more like a mezzo forte at best. It didn't take long for the choir director to observe that piece was a mountain I couldn't possibly climb. She could have easily replaced me, but instead she arranged to bring in a second piano. My friend, Kevin Chrisman, stepped in to play that second piano with me. I can't begin to tell you how much that act of love meant to me 
they really thought outside the box on that one. They went out of their way to preserve me, to keep me involved, and that gave me the opportunity to participate in worshiping with them. That's a good example on loving people and seeing them not as obstacles, but loved and valued by God. Putting on love is designed to draw people to Christ. I treasure the love Christ gives to us, and my prayer is that the love of Christ be seen in me. Let's endeavor to give of ourselves. Be willing to reach beyond what's comfortable and easy. Perhaps you can start by sending a note of encouragement to a person who is serving faithfully and quietly in the shadows, or to someone who may be facing intense trials in life. Let them see the love of our great Savior through you. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org. Thank you.